It was reported that Jennifer Lopez is now dating Alex Rodriguez. They've already been given the celebrity couple name A-Hole. Scientists are planning a new experiment on the International Space Station that will freeze atoms to one billionth of a degree above absolute zero, making it the coldest spot in the entire universe. Just a tenth of a degree colder than Brie Larson's reaction to Casey Affleck's Oscar win. The Trump Report starts now. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. Oh, that's right. Robert Palmer has a bad case of loving each and every one of you, just like those of us here on the Trump Report. Welcome to the Trump Report. I'm Christian Blatt on Twitter at ChristianDMZ, joined as always by Scott Moore at SMAN80, and joined in the middle of the desk for those of you watching on YouTube, and for those of you listening, just imagine she is sitting at the center of the desk. Brooke, it's is it Solis or am I? Brooke you know? Solis. All right, because I was just like I felt like that was right, <laughs> but having not asked you before we went on the air, like I should have, no I was problem. just like, let me not act like I know. Uh, and Brooks, thank you so much for joining us today. We appreciate this is your uh, maiden voyage, voyage here on the Trump Report. Yes. But uh, the best part about being a first timer here on the Trump Report is uh, we'll throw you right into something. You made mm-hmm. me aware of news, happy. some late breaking news. Mm-hmm. Uh, that uh, Rachel Maddow was on MSNBC just a little while ago mm-hmm. uh, talking about, and this is the part that I don't like when people start to say, well, I've seen part of. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She's seen part of a Trump, a President Trump? He wasn't at the time. Right. Tax return from 2005, which uh, there's some information that we've gotten since then. But uh, tell us what you heard since you broke the story to me. I wanted <laughs> well, to give you give you the scoop. I was just sitting in traffic. Every every story begins with, right. with that. In That's LA. true, yes. And uh, I got a notification that she had a portion of his tax returns, and I was instantly so excited, only to have my balloon deflated, because my mother, who's a huge Politico as well, texted me and said, I'm watching, it's not mm-hmm. much, uh, there's good news for you, because I'm a business owner, mm-hmm. he wrote off a ton of stuff, great <laughs> deductions, you should take a look at it, that way you can write off all you need to write off as well, and that's about all I got, I think right. $150 million, he made, yeah. yeah, he made 108, so yeah, he made more than $150 million in 2005, and paid $38 million in income taxes that year, which, when you think of the percentage, you're like, oh, I don't right. know if that's a lot. However, it is $38 million. That's a lot of tax. It's still like 25%. Yeah, so I I feel as though, you know, in his tax bracket, but I don't know. It sounds all on the up and up. But uh, the New York Times pointed out that he wrote off $100 million in business losses Mm -hmm. in that same year. So we don't know that much about that. But when you hear this news, uh, Brooke, as, again, our special guest, Mm -hmm. and, of course, ladies first... Uh, what is your reaction to hearing it? That we need to know more, or do you feel like there's... I mean, I have felt that we needed to know more a long time ago. And I know most of you guys who are watching Trump Report don't really know me. I'll give a, a little bit mm-hmm. of an intro. And I know that this panel, as I've seen, is is fairly liberal. I, <laughs> you'd say. As well, am... Drexel's not here tonight, so it's a little <laughs> exactly. bit less liberal. Yeah. As am I, unfortunately, for some more socially liberal, a little more fiscally right. conservative for me. Uh, I was raised in Texas, in the Bible Belt of Texas. So I have a lot of conservative friends. So I decided when I'm, that I, since I was coming on today that I was going to bring 
my view and the opposing view and some of what my friends have to say about it. So I, I feel two kinds of ways. Great. Obviously, he should have been transparent with that a long time ago. Every other president has given up their tax return, so we have an idea of their, their business dealings, um, whether or not they've been following the law, etc. At the same time, I don't know. I feel like this was just a little bit of a pull for Rachel Maddow or MSNBC mm -hmm. to take this little portion of this 2005 tax return I don't even know if that's lawful. Apparently, I forget who well, the guy was. I guess it depends on how they got it. You know, I, I yeah, heard that a, right. a Nobel Prize winner received it in the mail, and there's no from an anonymous source. Ah, uh, mm -hmm. the old anonymous source, yeah. old anonymous and that's source. where we always get into you know sort of very gray areas. I mean, yeah. it's a, if it's a push for ratings, that's fine. But I, couldn't you give us a little more meat? Well, yeah. here's the thing: if I had to guess, that they have part of it. And they're afraid to wait until they have all of it because maybe somebody else either has or right. could right. have of the course. part of it. And also, it's only Tuesday, so maybe mm -hmm. they know how much more of it they have. And it's like, well, you know, Wednesday we'll have a little bit more. more and, yeah. you know, and they like because, to do the news on Friday, it seems, because every time I, I watch Rachel, she's like, Friday night, you know, a lot of yeah. big news happens. Mm -hmm. But kind of to take your point, Brooke, I, I do agree. I think it was a ratings publicity stunt. Um, and I pretty much guessed that it was going to be like a 1040, that they didn't really have that much. Um, and I think maybe it was also a way for them to see perhaps they could get Trump to get a little frightened and maybe he would pre-release some more of his Preemptively tax. Tweet yes, out. and he kind of, well, and he kind of, they kind of did, and they wanted to get ahead of it, so they released what they could there, the bare minimum. And I, I do think he needs to be more transparent. I think he's a unique situation with all of his entanglements and business dealings that it already makes people uncomfortable not knowing what things he has out in other parts of the world mm -hmm. that he has a, an influence in or an, a vested interest in. And he claimed he didn't pay federal income taxes for years, so that's right. interesting to see that he, in fact, did. Right. Um, but there's definitely a lot more there, and I do agree with you. I think it would have been better to maybe see what else was out there before just doing a big tease and being like, here's a 1040. And it's better than nothing, and mm -hmm. it's keeping the conversation going because I think Trump felt like, you know, we just kind of give up on the tax return thing. Like Russia, the, well, these stories are just going to keep happening. I mean, he's just trying to wait us out. Yeah, you know? and I they're think that not going to go away. A lot of people have lost interest in probably a lot of it. You know, this is sort of more of a broad topic, but it's also a local topic. You know, there have been all the marches and mm -hmm. the, the movements and the parades and things like that. Huge turnouts for all those. But here in Los Angeles, we just had an election last week. And the turnout was 11%. Right. So, obviously, you know, the president's not on the ballot. But if you're going to be angry and mobilized, we talked a little bit about this last week, you should probably, I don't know, vote, you know? And mm -hmm. so I think that the apathy of the American people is, let's put it, let me put it a different way. No one's going to go broke overestimating the apathy of the American people. There's, right. a, there's no, a lot I, of I, other things to there, be interested there is, in. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, baseball season's about to start. I'm going to probably care a lot less about you know all this because I'll start doing the the Mets wrap 360s and I'll have two shows, and you know I'll probably spend a lot more. Time. No, I'm okay. half joking. Wait, so Mets yeah. fan is that what you're saying? That's right. Yes, I'm <laughs> from New York. Not a Dodgers fan. Not a Dodgers fan. Not a Texas Rangers fan. No, 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 no. But I will say, I mean, yes, I think the 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 voting thing is is horrible out here because as we were trying to say, like local really is everything. It starts yeah. at the local level. But, you know, a lot of people are saying, oh, you know, this means the Democratic Party's still not there. They're not going to be prepared. But I take a different tack, even though, again, I don't excuse the behavior. I think a lot of people out here 
don't vote because they already feel like it's a liberal mm-hmm. city and the people that are liberal already know. And, and that's the same issue that happened with the Hillary Clinton voters. People just thought, oh, she's going to win. So I'm not saying yeah. it's the right thing, but I think a lot of people sit out the local elections here in LA because they already feel like they're, the things they want are going to be voted in anyways. So they feel less of a threat to get out and vote. And there was no real competition with half the people on the city council. There was nobody, they were running unopposed. Mm-hmm. And Eric Garcetti had token uh, opposition. So I, I feel like... It's not so much that, oh, the Democratic Party's not going to be out in full force in 18 and 20. I think it was more of a, this is a local election, it's going to go in the liberals' favor, and then conservatives have no reason to vote because they know they don't have the votes to get what they want. It's still wrong, and people really should go out and vote no matter what, but I mean, especially I think it more is that kind of a, of a reason why it wasn't as high. Especially these off-year elections, I think. Well, it that, it yes. took me, like, you know, 60 seconds. If the I line know, had been so longer easy. and it had taken five minutes, I would have felt good about that, too. But they will not no longer be off-years anymore. Yeah. Now that's why the city has moved forward. So now the term limits are five and a half years, so that can be matched with the gubernatorial and presidential years now. For see, I didn't even city. realize that. So, yeah. see, so we're learning. Thanks to, it thanks. will be moved, so I think that will help with voter turnout. It's still really terrible, but... Thanks to Scott Moore <laughs> on Twitter at Sman80. The more you know. Uh, some good comments in the chat. Uh, Lady Goth 12, uh, Lady Goth E, I don't even know how you pronounce it, but we've seen you before on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, she says something very funny. Drexel is a liberal. Uh, and shareable Texas. <laughs> Crazy, right? This is in reference to the, the tax return being released. Shareable Texas, a fellow Texan. Oh, okay. Says Trump, uh, it was not strategic. Trump is going to react and make legitimate claims against the media for making a big deal about two pages of compliance. I'm pretty liberal, but that was embarrassing. However, if it does lead to him giving the entire return, then mission accomplished. Right. But well, I, I understand the point. Running yeah. with it when you don't have all right. of it is, is a little yeah. But it is silly. You know, we were talking about it being a ratings play. Right. If there's anything that MSNBC needs, it's ratings. Yeah. You know, and, and, and the it, White House has already responded. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. I have not seen what they said. Do you have, have that in right front of here. you? Please. Brooke, says, giving us late and breaking I, news. And I can just see Sean Spicer saying this. Uh, you know you're desperate for ratings when you're willing to violate the law to push a story about two pages of tax returns from over a decade ago. Before being elected, Mr. Trump was one of the most successful businessmen in the world with a responsibility to his company, <laughs> his family, and his employees to pay no more tax than legally required. That being said, Mr. Trump paid $38 million, even after taking into account large-scale depreciation for construction on an income of more than $150 million, as well as paying tens of millions of dollars in other taxes, such as sales and excise taxes and employment taxes, and this illegally published return proves just that. I'm almost done. Despite this (laughs) substantial income figure and tax paid, it is totally illegal to steal and publish tax returns. The dishonest media can continue to make this part of their agenda agenda while the president will focus on his, which includes distractions. I mean, tax reform that will benefit (laughs) all Americans. Speaking of tax reform. Speaking of tax Uh reform, yeah. No, and look, it's the response that one would expect to get from them, and Mm -hmm. I feel like we're going to hear a lot more about this if I had to guess. I'm ready for 3 a.m. tweets. If I had to think more about this, we'll probably be talking about this next week as well. Mm -hmm. But, uh, by the way... That update from Brooks Elise at Brooks Elise TV because I did not give out your Twitter handle before and I, I did not want to be a rude host to our <laughs> special guest. So yeah. the title of the episode that we're doing here of the Trump Report, Dr. Doctor, give me the fake news. I give a, a hat tip to Stephen Lemieux at Popcorn Talk who suggested when he saw what the title was going to be, he's like, hey, use the, re- use the next line in the song. 
But he said, give me the news. Give me the fake news. And I was like, I, I can't oh, argue with that. Right. So that good. was fun. But the reason we have that title is because I'm like, oh, well, we got so much to say about mm-hmm. Trump care. Obviously, we're going to start off talking about that. And as is so often the case with this show, uh, something happened. In fact, we were talking and I was like, oh, yeah, it seems like it's going to pretty much be the, the stuff I sent out this afternoon. I haven't heard about anything. And you're like, well, did you hear about Rachel Maddow? And I'm like, no, <laughs> no, I did not. And that's how we ended up here. But mm-hmm. let's talk a little bit about what they're not calling Trump care, but... We'll call it Trump care. Yeah. You know, President Obama, they tried to use Obamacare mm-hmm. as, as sort of a, an albatross hanging around his neck. He's like, no, I kind of like it. Yeah. You know, and it's good. So if you're proud of it, put your name on it. Yeah, Trump and puts his name on everything else. Exactly. Everything else, yeah. Convenient why he doesn't want to on this. He, he's hmm. he's on, put, put his name on, on some on very tacky buildings and right. some awful casinos in Atlantic City. But that's all right. But not <laughs> on Trump care. So the uh, Congressional Budget Office uh, says that there's going to be a lot of problems with it. When you, Scott, hear about Trump Care, and obviously I don't think that anyone that is here in the studio or watching has really read through much of what they're proposing, but just as you hear about the coverage of it, your thoughts on what's wrong with it and whether it will ultimately pass, and if not, why it won't. Well, I, I think the problem is they're basically doing the same thing they accuse the Democrats of doing with Obamacare seven years ago. They're trying to cram this through so fast without really thinking about the repercussions. And, and like I've said to several people on Twitter, too, it's, it's, it's sad that, that this health stuff has turned into a political thing to begin with, even back when we were dealing with this with Obamacare initially, and no Republicans had signed on to support it. And then all they kept talking about was repeal, repeal, repeal. And instead of actually working on fixing it and actually taking the credit for fixing the things that don't work, because we know Obamacare is not perfect, Mm -hmm. but instead they want to just rip the whole thing apart and start basically from scratch and use a lot of the pillars that Obamacare had, you know, like the pre-existing conditions covered, being on your health insurance with your parents to your 26, but then making it worse, of course. I mean, Paul Ryan was focusing on the fact that it would actually help uh, the deficit and great, so we're talking money, but what about when you're actually working with real people? And the funny thing is, the people it's going to help the most are a lot of people that are, are either liberal or democratic, um, and the people that's going to hurt the most are going to be a lot of those Trump voters, which we've talked about for months, You know, that are in the rural areas, uh, the working class white voters, that are going to be hurt by not getting the high enough tax credits like they got with Obamacare. And then the other big issue is this block grant. Instead of giving Medicaid towards you know, the states and Medicaid expansion, they want to just give X amount of money every year, block grants to the states, and let them figure out how they want to pay you know, for capita, everybody cap. per capita mm-hmm. cap. But it's you know, tapped into and tied into um, just cost of living increases. And we know that health care goes up a lot higher than cost of living increases. So now what happens to the rest of those people in those states now that are not going to be covered? Uh, now are the states going to be paying for that? Like, where, where's that gap now going to fill in for the most vulnerable people? So there's a lot of issues there, and instead of it just being focused on money, uh, like the Republicans seem to be doing, and, uh, uh, you know, conservatives aren't even for this. You know, that's the thing, yeah. too. You have conservatives that are not for this. You have the moderate Republicans that are not for this. So I don't really see this passing in its present form, and I think it's going to be really tough to get to the Senate and be passed in its current form. It might be able to pass the House, but it's not going to be able to pass the Senate. Right. I mean, I think a lot of the indications are that it it is not going to pass the House. But even if it does, the Senate, you know, it's usually what happens with these things. They they seem to take things a little bit more seriously over there. Well, and it's a smaller group, and you have, you know, the senators have to speak for their entire state, where a representative in the House can speak for a tiny district that might be... Right, you can speak for a few counties. Right, and and they might be pro, you know, your 90%, but then when you have to deal with the whole state... 
that makes it a little trickier, especially when a lot of people are going to get for re-election next year. And I think the other reason why Trump doesn't want to attach his name is because if it fails and doesn't do well, then he can kind of not take the credit for it, and he can let Paul Ryan and those in Congress take the of fall course. for it. So that's a nice little tactic for him not to embrace and it fully. in the chat room, Lady Goth again says that uh, isn't the White House uh, going to try to call it Ryan Care? Right. right. Here's heard the that. thing. I've heard Here's that. the yeah. thing. If it works... They're definitely somebody's going to lose their job over it being called Ryan Care. Of course, gonna so take they're the like they're so going to like hold it back. Like, yeah. well, we're just going to call it the American Health Care or American Health Act or whatever yeah. it is. American Health Care. American yeah. Health Care Act. Well, I think there's some underlying sneaky things going on with them wanting to attach Ryan's name to it. And mm-hmm. then recently, uh, they're putting out the uh, audio. I don't know if you heard of Ryan. Oh, I did hear that. Badly yeah. about Trump. Yep. I mean, this guy. We won't even get into him in, in terms of how much of a backbone he does not have. Who, Paul, but I, Ryan? Paul Ryan? Right. Yeah. But, uh, but I think now they're trying to pin kind of all of their, their potential failings on Paul Ryan. And there are so many things wrong with this mm-hmm. um, Trump Care, American Health Care Act. Um, more so, you talked about how it's going to adversely affect those who are low income. But, um, I mean, Medicare and Medicaid, Trump ran on a platform saying he's not going right. to change. He's not going to take money away from, from those two things. And and now what's happening is the Medicaid subsidies are going right. away, That's exactly what they're going to do. That's exactly mm-hmm. what they're going to do. The tax cuts that are happening are for the, the wealthiest, mm-hmm. the top 1%. And the... Um, like you said, the per capita Medicaid spending that's going to be allowed per, per state is actually most people who are on Medicaid are obviously economically disadvantaged, but mm-hmm. they actually cycle in and out of it. They're not actually statistics show that people who end up on hard times and end up on Medicaid don't stay on Medicaid. They go off, they go on. And one of the uh, mandates that they're putting through is that if you cycle out of it, then you are no longer qualified to have it, in which case, um, the less people who are qualified to have it, the less money that mm-hmm. each state is going to have, is going to get federally. And so slowly that number is going to go down and go down. And so it's really just a huge redistribution uh, of wealth. Mm-hmm. Uh, Which is not something that Republicans tend to run on is the concept of redistribution of right. wealth. No, but and, the- and it doesn't solve the core problem and, and sort of what, what you were saying too when they when they take that that part away from these people what are they supposed to do and the other thing is that you know they were so up in arms against the mandate that obamacare had but it's basically continuous coverage is just a nicer way of saying well you don't have to have insurance but if you drop insurance for two months or so then you could pay up to 30 percent more to get it back so in a way it's still keeping people tied to their insurance plans but it's just calling it a friendlier name and not saying you're forced to do it but in right. a way you are, because now you're going to be stuck paying more. So, In the long run, we all hurt more, especially the wealthy, mm-hmm. because there will be re- repercussion when mm-hmm. you have all of these low-income families sick and not able to pay and having to go to county hospitals. Right. And then the, it, they, they don't, I don't see how they don't see it, but uh, it, they'll end up paying anyhow. Right. Uh, back to uh, Paul Ryan, who, uh, as you mentioned, you know, he is not the, the strongest guy, maybe doesn't have... The biggest backbone, I think we just have to look back to 2012, the vice presidential debate. I Mm -hmm. think a lot of people sitting there would have stopped and and said to Joe Biden, if they didn't punch him in the face while he's (laughs) sitting there smiling like the Joker, like, are you okay? You're... You're acting like a deranged person, just with the big smile and the shaking. It's like, we're trying to talk about something serious here. But instead, he just was like, I'm just going to try and talk through it. Now, Paul Ryan strikes me as the kind of guy that, you know, you could walk up to him and tell him that the, you know, oh, the Packers suck. He's a Mm -hmm. Wisconsin guy. And he'll be like, 
You know, sometimes they do, yeah. You know, <laughs> Some and, people feel that way. That's yeah, he's yeah. like, it's okay. You know, the bears are all right, too. And you're just like, well, yeah, exactly. What does he believe in? But he did try to very sternly say that if we don't pass Ryan Care, Trump Care, whatever you want to call it, the system is going to collapse. Right. So I, I don't know that that's the case. I mean, mm-hmm. sure, eventually, I think a lot of these things need to have the right amount of money in them. You know, a lot of the entitlement programs sure eventually will run out and that's what they're supposed that's kind of what paul ryan's supposed to be the wizard at so if this isn't really working out you know in a way where it seems like it's all going to add up then this is the one that you're involved in why are you not making it work better you know if it's not going to pass exactly you're the you're the speaker of the house and you're supposed to be the numbers guy what what should he be doing to make it easier to get passed and the problem is I don't think that he has what it takes to, you know, sort of, you know, throw his weight around as Speaker of the House and, you know, get people to actually, you know, get make – Yeah, get behind it. Exactly. Right. Well, and it's not even that. It's the fact that they really never had a plan. You know, their plan was let's just be against Obamacare when right. Obama was president mm-hmm. and let's do the repeal process and know it's going to be vetoed by Obama. And then when they were not expecting Trump to win, so when he did, they're like, oh, shit, now I've got to we've got to actually come up with something. Yeah. And now they've tried to rush this through so fast they haven't even really thought it all out. And they feel like, oh, it won't really matter in a couple of years anyways. It won't really be our problem. And, you know, it's sort of the same thing with Obamacare. They didn't give it the nurture, nurturement and the attention that it needed. It's like a house. If you don't maintain the house it's going to start falling apart Mm -hmm. and that's sort of what's happening with obamacare because they were not very reluctant to actually work on making it work that now it is having issues and having more issues it would have had than if everybody had worked together to actually make the medicaid expansion work a little better in the states and the republican governors weren't so opposed to you know all the the things that obamacare had and tried to turn away federal money and so of course it's it's going to have problems when when you're not actually maintaining it in the way it was supposed to and yes there are bigger issues to it but when you're not even trying to maintain it, it's going to have problems too. With Obamacare, Nancy Pelosi was kind of derided for basically saying, well, we need to pass it so we can see what's in it. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, they're kind of doing the same thing. And to your point of, well, we're just running on the notion of this is not Obamacare. Mm-hmm. People hate Obamacare. Mm-hmm. I believe President Trump has called it a disaster. He never says Obamacare. He says mm-hmm. the disaster known as Obamacare, mm-hmm. a little trademark right next to it. <laughs> and... He always refers to it as a disaster, but you're basically running as you're positioning this as not Obamacare, considering that Donald Trump won against a campaign that positioned their candidate as not Trump instead of really letting you know about, you know, it's like, well, if we just be not Trump, we're going to win easily. So let's mm-hmm. not worry about it all of that. We don't need to campaign in Wisconsin. Well, let's talk about Wisconsin mm-hmm. tonight. If you're in the house, let us know in the chat or tweet us at Trump Report ABTV. But the point being that what do you have? Like, you know, and try not to bore us. Paul Ryan is not the guy to be in front of this if you want him to not bore you. You know, he can explain it to somebody mm-hmm. who's very charismatic on television. And, you know, I don't know. I, maybe they got to bring like a Hollywood producer in there. You know, I don't know what mm-hmm. it is. Uh-huh. If they want people to understand it, you have to explain it, but not in the way that Paul Ryan would explain it, where we would all be asleep right now. Yeah, I, I think that, that the entire plan has been very short-sighted. Because obviously Republicans or conservatives care more so about releasing the, ta- uh, reducing the tax burden mm-hmm. altogether, and that's part of the way that they're planning on doing it through these Medicaid cuts, et cetera, and not mandating that people have to pay in it into, into health care. Um, but they're not looking at their constituents, like you said, mm-hmm. these low-income families who are predominantly, a lot of them in rural areas, and more so another, another piece of the um, 
AHCA that I read into that really kind of touched me was that they are going to also get rid of the mandates for addiction and mental mm -hmm. health um, uh, actuarial values in, in insurance. So, so when you buy health insurance, these actuarial values are put in there to ensure that the insurers make sure that those things are covered. Right. And right now with the heroin epidemic yeah. or opioid epidemic, mm -hmm. for example, where most of those people or constituents are predominantly white and low income, mm -hmm. not, not all. No, but a um, lot in rural. Is, no, rural, I was going to say yeah. in rural is, areas, is, those are tremendous problems. And sure. now those people are being left out because if, if health insurance providers aren't mandated to provide coverage for that, where does that leave them? Right. And it just, the, right. the problems continue to mm -hmm. pile on. So they've been very short-sighted and, and all they care about, as much as they want to drain the swamp and not care about the establishment and the elite, they're looking after the 1%. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. That's just the case. And even with health care. Right. And you see that. And you see how it works out that it's going to give the 1% the biggest tax cuts right. for that. And giving older, wealthier people bigger tax cuts. And disproportionately affecting those. And again, the other thing about the rural area, too, is that there's less hospitals and doctor's offices there's less choice already there for those people so already it's it's it going to be harder for them for costs where at least in an urban area you have more options and you have more right. doctors and hospitals and professionals and you can kind of be more competitive with your prices in a weird way it actually again hurts the supporters more than it hurts the uh more of the democratic or liberal or the coastal elites or however right. you want to call it with this health care plan as well which is an odd little side effect that mm -hmm. they haven't really thought of either. And I know the CBO estimates that I guess in, in 2026 mm -hmm. 24 million are going to be without insurance and conservatives will say that's because it's not being mandated. So if you choose not to have insurance, of course you're not going to have insurance. And they also say that the CBO gives out wonky estimates. For example, way back when they were looking at Obamacare, they estimated that 20 million would be insured. It actually ended up being 10 million. That's one of their... Um, one of their, uh, what they say is a reason to not trust the CBO, of course. You know, these are statistics. How can you really predict this? You don't really know, although I think statistics don't they, lie. They don't of course, lie. You can skew. But, but it all goes with this administration on how they always, if, if it's against what they think, then it's not really of real. Of course. But if it's for what they think, then it's real. Like, just the same thing with the jobs report that came out last week. You know, before then it was fake, it was fake. Now it's great. Exactly. You know, it's what, whatever kind of is convenient thing. for them. But yeah. but for those who choose not to get health insurance, it's generally the wealthy mm -hmm. who don't need to have health insurance because if they should get sick, then they have the money to be able to pay for it. And why pay into insurance when they may not get sick? Right. Um, or the and young that, people not, that are healthy. Most of America doesn't have that luxury. No. Right, exactly. I think that a lot of people need health insurance because exactly. they're sick. They have family members who are sick. They're concerned that they might be sick. I mean, I do understand the concept for younger people, which I right, am not. You know, but <laughs> for those those watching and those here in this building who are on other AfterBuzz shows who are all much younger than me, not saying that you two aren't younger than me, but I'm just saying <laughs> I feel very old when I walk the age. hallways. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I can understand. I mean, I remember I didn't have health insurance in my 20s because it was like, you know, it, it's just cheaper to pay out of pocket when I go occasionally. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah. But at the same time, you know, you don't know what's going to happen. But so the, I, I understand both sides, both sides. of it. Mm -hmm. So right. why you should have it, you know, because now as a parent, I understand, well, you should have your health insurance. But I remember being a kid and I was like, 
Oh no, I'm not. I'm not spending seven hundred dollars a month on Cobra. I might be exaggerating, but no, no not, not, not by far. I was gonna say not by no, much though, because no. yeah, I remember what Cobra cost. And yeah. This was in like two thousand. Yeah, and I was like. Yeah, I'm not gonna do that with the money with my unemployment check. Put it all towards uh, Cobra. It's something that you don't really get anything yeah. out of and when I, you're young and you're in good right. health, and you so, feel like, oh, this is a waste. Where I can the use system, that 700 to buy the system is predicated on healthy people paying mm-hmm. insurance. And when there was the penalty for Obamacare, it wasn't that high. You know, I actually know people who are older who should have had health insurance, but they were like, I can't afford it. Yep. So I'm going to spend, I don't know, is this $700 I have in my head? Yeah, maybe that's it was a that's percentage of, uh, Yeah, that's it what it was. Like it was. One, two, three yeah. percent. So it wasn't that much money. No. And they're like, all right. So, yeah, the system is built on a foundation that is not necessarily going to be there. So I don't know what the fix is. Paul Ryan should know the fix because he's had all these years of criticizing Obamacare. Oh, yeah. Great. Let us know what it is. To be able to come and, up with and that's the problem. And I've seen a lot of conservatives posting, friends of mine, people that I follow on Twitter, they're furious. You had all this time right. to say how terrible Obamacare is, and you don't have a good idea. You just have a replacement, you know? But that's part of the issue is the fact that they did have all this time, but they spent all that complaining and whining and not actually thinking about something. And then the other thing is Obamacare was based on a conservative healthcare principle. It came yeah. from Romney Care and the Heritage Foundations and what they were using in, in Massachusetts when Romney was governor. So that's part of the problem, too, is that just because now a Democratic president took ownership of it, now they want nothing to do with it. And the fact of the matter is they don't really have a good replacement, and it, and it is very complicated. And it's sad that they're trying to ram something through that's really not very good. I mean, I, I remember looking at it last week, like, this is this is the best that they can do? Yeah. I, I would have been very supportive if they actually came up with something that was no, because as, as we've said as on liberal, this show several times, happy. that it, we're very clear there are problems with Obamacare. Yes. If they had figured out how to fix those and whatever they feel like they need to do to put their own stamp on it, great. But they didn't address no. those problems. They didn't address any. I, so Just like where you said, Brooke, they just redistributed it around and it's not exactly. making it better and it's not solving the core problem. I think problem. it's only going to make things worse. But it's, I do yeah. tip my hat off to those Republican congressmen and women who have who realize that, that this is a mess and mm-hmm. that more time needs to be given to it, like Re- Representative uh, Issa, Issa in San Diego, I think uh, con- Congressman oh, Cotton as yeah. well, who has said, Darryl I will vote. Right. Yeah, yeah. Issa, who said, I will vote no, and hopefully there are enough who will hold off. I mean, we all at the end of the day want something that's going to be beneficial for everyone, but. I don't know how long it's going to take to get there. No, I I don't either. And we're going to move on to another topic. But before we do, I wanted to uh, catch up on some of the things in the chat. Uh, Shareable Texas says, uh, Christian's age confirmed. Doesn't look a day over 22. (laughs) Thank you, sir. (laughs) Or or madam, I suppose. But your picture is of a man, so I assume you're a man. Um, If we had T-shirts, I'd give you one. But we we don't have them. But Shareable Texas, you also posted something very disturbing. You're actually from California. What are you doing trying to be a fake Texan? He might Brooke be a will Texan not, in Brooke will not right, stand for that. That's true. Uh, but he's, uh, yeah, so I don't know. You're going to have to explain yourself. But, uh, and then the conversation always seemed, and look, we appreciate everybody who joins us in the YouTube chat. If you're watching live right now, there's a little window there on the side. You can join in. Uh, Nahum Dyer is always talking about how much he hates money and money shouldn't exist. And when I look at money, I feel so disgusted at the fact that humanity are ruled by pieces of paper. Okay, so do you want it to be like little gold nuggets or something? I don't understand. Look, don't rely that, on Bitcoin, honey. Yeah, yeah. well, that, that's actually, a Ponzi scheme. It's funny that you said that because that's what I said a couple weeks ago. I was like, well, clearly he's an investor in Bitcoin. <laughs> and he's always talking about this. Look, you can hate money, but everything is pretty much driven by money. You know, when you have the ideal society uh, th- that some people consider, you know, say communism, 
Uh, money is basically what undid communism, you know, because uh, the people at the top were like, well, I obviously need money. I mean, nobody else needs money, but I need yeah, it. Right. So the, the, just the amount of corruption in the Soviet Union is what did it in. So, and in China right now. Yeah. I mean, when you think about it, it's still happening big time right now yeah. in China. Yeah. So, so yeah. look, it's, we're glad you feel that way, but, man, you beat that drum a lot. So <laughs> I, I feel no. like... It is. The, I'd it like is to know. I'd like. Yeah, I would like to know more about it. So you know, we're you know we're gonna uh, Scott. We're gonna have our friend Storage Yard resident uh, join yeah. us via Skype in a couple weeks. You know, yeah. Not next week, but the week after. But uh, we'll open the forum up to having some chats with some of the people that are in the chat. So uh, we can definitely talk in the future. But what I do want to move to is uh, something that we talked a lot about last week. In fact, it inspired the title of the episode. I always feel like somebody's watching me. (laughs) The Wiretap. John McCain says that... uh, John McCain, who, by the way, Donald Trump is not an admirer of because he likes people who don't get caught. I just feel like it's important to remind... Yeah, Yeah. I I feel as though it's important to just remind people where President Trump stands on some of these people. Uh, John McCain, who his father was a senator and could have gone home at any time and uh, stayed there with everyone else was being held. And, you know, he's basically a a beaten, broken man all of his life ever since because of what he endured there. But, you know, Trump has a point. He did get caught. Anyway, uh, John McCain Mm -hmm. says that Trump needs to produce evidence of President Obama bugging Trump Tower or withdraw claims of wiretapping. Now, my understanding of the situation is that Trump will do neither of those things. Mm-hmm. He, what they might be doing is uh, not talking about it anymore, at least the White House proper. Uh, the Department of Justice is like, we're going to need a little bit more time. Yeah, uh, I think they're edging their way away from that. Well, they would love Unless to edge their way. put something out in quotes again, which right. means hashtag JK. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Well, yeah, where, where's some hashtag JK? That, see, that would be great. Mm-hmm. If I he's like, wiretapping, hashtag JK... Yeah, well, exactly. nobody would talk about I it. I want to teach him some Twitter etiquette. Like, I'm going to come up with hashtags for him. Like, one for him would definitely be sorry, not sorry. Because you know <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true. Like him. Yeah. yeah, definitely hashtag JK. I think if he learned to use emoticons, emojis mm-hmm. after some of these tweets, then we could get a better understanding. Like, if you're just kidding, give the like funny. Although face. I do have the feeling that he would try too hard and just start overusing. Just, the he'll just no, use no, emojis. start start overusing YOLO. You know, yeah. he'll just be like anything that somebody doesn't understand is just like YOLO. And, you know? and and let's be honest, he has no sense of humor, and we've already seen that he doesn't even want to go. Which to is the funny because I used to think he had a pretty decent sense yeah, of humor. Yeah, you know, I mean, decades ago he used to be what, on rye the, sexism. Well, no, he used to be on the Howard Stern show, and he was kind of an entertaining guest. And, you know, those tapes that, of course, people were trying to get while he was yeah. running for president. And it turned out that, oh, you know, it, anything that he said on that show was nowhere near as bad as what he said to Billy Bush. Mm-hmm. And look at that. He still got elected. So, yep. you know, again, yeah. everybody was putting all their eggs in the not Trump basket. But my the issue at hand, the wiretapping, uh, Brooke, where do you think we're headed with this? Uh, that they're just going to try and have it go away? Well, apparently... Uh, do you think there's a chance that there's evidence that... Like, the the Breitbart story that he saw at, like, 2 a.m. or whenever he actually read it and then tweeted about it, do you think that there is a chance that it could actually have happened? I think it, if you look hard enough, you can find evidence of anything. 
Now that's true. That's a good answer. That is a great answer. But For sure. let's say that there is not the evidence. What do you think that the Trump White House will do with this story? I think they're just going to edge their way away yeah. from it, as Trump has with anything, and then distract us with something mm-hmm. else or move towards something else controversial so that we kind of forget about it. As long as Kellyanne Conway kind of learns not to, you know, mention something ridiculous like microwaves. Becoming, <laughs> turning into cameras. Turning into cameras or something of that nature. But, um, Apparently, they, hey, they I don't know. Look, a- I unplugged my microwave after she said that because I was just like, I was like, wait, my microwave knows what I eat. What the else does it know? The only people who think their microwaves are watching them are meth heads. I'm sorry, but uh, <laughs> this is true. It's all He's the- like, no comment. No, yeah, I'm going to take the fit. My, I'm going to invoke my Fifth Amendment privilege. Exactly. Be? But we know he's paranoid, and that's part of the, well, the that, scary thing about yeah. Trump is that he is paranoid. Now, all I keep talking about are these parallels to Nixon, and I keep seeing that with, with Trump, and it's just these baseless accusations, and it makes me less likely to ever believe anything he says. I mean, we've already seen him blatantly lie before he was president, and then he continues to do this on certain topics, so how are we ever supposed to trust him and know what's really happening and what he's really thinking? Because he will. He'll just say the craziest things, and Exactly. Now I, I can't believe him on anything. I really can't. I mean, his credibility is just uh, it's, shot. And, it's and, scary. And, that's and the performance the of his entire cabinet, his Sean Spicer, Kellyanne Conway, that they put on every single day for this man is actually should be award winning. Like those people deserve an Oscar. They're amazing yeah. at. I mean, dodging. it's like yeah. anybody who's ever seen a Cirque du Soleil performance. It's really impressive. But they've got nothing on really just Sean Spicer and Kellyanne Conway. Yeah. Just the, the be... things that the feats that they accomplished, exactly. the things that they're asked to do, yeah. and the straight faces that they. I know. Keep. There's yeah. there's so much talent there. Can you imagine if it were actually <laughs> if it was used for good? Productive. <laughs> look, there's truly and not even, for evil. If it was used for look, good. even if it was being used for <laughs> ideas that maybe no one in this studio agrees with, yeah. if it was being used constructively. Constructively right. to you know try and shape policy right. instead of putting out fires that the president sets things that aren't necessarily true and it's I know it's dumb to go back to the the tweets about the size of the crowd on the mall on inauguration day mm-hmm. but they insisted that a photo that showed less people actually showed more people mm-hmm. and it's like all right you started that way you know that's that was that, that was, was literally day, day one. one so yeah. that's what we've had since then we didn't even have like a couple days right. you know we were here on on inauguration mm-hmm. day Scott and I mm-hmm. and you know, we were trying to be positive and like, let's see what happens. And you know, I think by the time we wrapped up the show, those tweets were happening. Yep. We're like, all right, well, I don't know, crazy stuff happening there. Already, and, and the three yeah. to five million illegal voters, and the voters being bussed in from Massachusetts to vote in New Hampshire, okay. yeah. and he's actually saying that this kind of stuff happened. And that's it's one thing if you're other people like a Sean Spicer, Kellyanne Conway, or someone saying that on your behalf. But for you as the president to be making such claims is so irresponsible. With no evidence. With no evidence to back it up is so irresponsible. Uh, As we talk about the wiretap, by the way, uh, our friend Storage Yard resident, I saw you in the chat earlier. I know that you are a resident Trump fan. Mm -hmm. Any conservatives in there, any Trump fans want to say in the chat, I'm interested to know what you think about this. Do you think that President Obama had a wiretap in Trump Tower? You know, and Trump is, of course, implying his phones. And look, of course it's not impossible. Like I said last week, they were worried that he was talking to Russia. Maybe they knew something, you know? Yeah. And I don't know that it was. I'm just saying it's not impossible. Well, you know? look to, at at to, this point, nothing's but impossible. But is it likely? No. Uh, without going through the proper channels. And Right. Yeah, exactly. Well to, well, to give another perspective, though, I will say that we know that our government in the past has mm-hmm. illegally surveyed, surveilled 
um, sure. others. Um, it's not Big impossible. shout out to Edward Snowden right exactly. now. I know he's a fan. Thanks for watching. It's, it's not impossible. Right. And um, that there's some probability because even when you're going through a campaign, the opposite sides are going to watch each other. They're going right. to they're going to go and see. They're going to they're going to have people on the floor listening. So that's entirely possible. But like you said, to go as far as to get a judge to actually and to have reason to go and actually uh, wiretap, you know, his phones or whatnot is is unlikely. And, uh, there, and, there has and, to be more. They and, exactly, or just Obama himself. Like maybe, like you said, if, if the government's you know surveilling on on private citizens. Did it actually go all the way up to the lot to President Obama to actually authorize that, or was it done at a lower level? If that did actually occur, and that's the difference too, because he's claiming that the president himself, Obama, mm-hmm. had had this wiretap, which again, I, I think that's a little bit more now, unlikely. Does he think that President Obama put on a fake mustache and like an AT and T, you know, uniform or repairman uniform, something mm-hmm. for the phone company, and he went in and actually tapped his phone? Yeah. I don't know, but it sounds as credible as some of the other of things we've heard. And, you know, we referenced Kellyanne Conway with the microwaves that turn into cameras. Um, <laughs> is that so something sad. that people are worried about? Look, I now, the one that I get is, I'm looking at my laptop right now. There is a little camera right, right there. Yes. I totally get how I people get could, yeah, but your that. microwave, which well, costs I mean, $9, sure, sure by the anything, way. You know, right. nowadays, there's, like, the FBI, they yeah. have anything that could be a camera. Like, right. a pen could be a camera. You put a yeah, camera I have a feeling that there's cameras all yeah, around cameras us. I don't know. I, mean, I keep could a be. camera and my contact lens at all yeah, times, just course. in case. And you're always recording. But yeah, I mean, Texas and I worry. <laughs> so you know, any of that is possible. You know, I just wish that Republicans would just stick to the stuff that really matters and and somehow convince him that hey, you know what, we've got this in our hands. Let's move forward and make some real progress here instead of worrying about these, or not even worrying, making these making ridiculous, these ridiculous claims. claims. Like you right. can make some real positive changes. I, this is this is coming. I've come really far to even say I want I want Trump to to make some positive changes for us because before I was like not my president, right. but I'm at a point now where it's like let's let's move on with it. Well, well yeah, and and I think that's that's the thing, really. You know, I mean, we've had the conversation uh, last week or the week before. You know, I was saying to Chelsea, like, look, I get it. People are very upset. There's somebody in the chat that mentioned the, I'm using air quotes for those listening, (laughs) the Russian hack of the election Mm -hmm. that caused Trump to win. And it's like, look, you can be concerned about that. Someone can keep looking into it, but you have to do something else. You know, you have to just take the cards that you're dealt, which is the Trump's president. And I'm not saying just give up. If you really Mm -hmm. feel like that's something that's happening, someone will look into it, make sure that people are looking into it, but Mm -hmm. focus on doing something going forward. It's the same thing with Trump, you know. Don't dwell on all these things like, you know, we get it. You don't think Alec Baldwin is funny when he does this impression of you. And anybody who saw it this weekend, you know, it wasn't that funny. It wasn't funny. It usually no. is. It but is. But that one was terrible. That was a little too yeah. off the, yeah. the normal news kind of of the day. Yeah, well, you did yourself a yes. favor by missing that. But, you know, at, at the end of the day, it's just like, all right, well, you have this opportunity. You became president when, by some accounts, even he didn't expect him to become president. So he has this opportunity. He surrounded himself by people who have lots of ideas We'll let the people in the audience decide whether they're good ideas or bad mm-hmm. ideas. But there are plenty of ideas. There's a lot of things to try and things that you can do. But so much of the time seems to be spent on these trivialities, these things right. that don't matter. And I think that a lot of people are to the point where, like Brooke's saying, that, yes, there was not my president, but, okay, he's still the president. Right. And what's he going to do? You know, what are the things... Really, what are the things to run against him on? You know, it's like, well, we're going to run against him on he's full of shit and he's sexist and we don't like him. 
well, that's what happened last year. So let's maybe, you know, let him do the things he's trying to do. And if he wants to talk about little specific nuances in society that are occurring, why not make positive commentary and and condemn people like the white nationalists or... Uh, who are we? I forget who we were going to talk about who made this ridiculous. Um, oh, uh, Steve King. Representative Steve, Steve King. Yeah, example. we might not actually have time for that, but we're referencing or it. Yeah. Speak yeah. out against anti Semitism or, or talk more about, you know, the one month we had for Black History Month and, and it, the institutional racism that is prevalent in America. And, and if you want to, like I said, comment make comments that are really going to change the fabric of our society, not about Arnold Schwarzenegger's ratings. ratings right, and help to unite us and not divide, because he keeps talking about how we're, you know, we're all so divided, but he's not helping. Because I'm still not on the, on the bandwagon of, of supporting him, because I think he is a big liar and he's dangerous. And But you're right, he, he's a limited time to work with a one-party situation right now, and it is limited. And, and as much as I can't stand Mitch McConnell, he's actually been smart in the past by saying, you know, we're only going to have the Senate and Republican control, it's very limited. The pendulum always swings back the other direction. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And elections like they could are even hold, They could hold on to it in 2018, but it's Barely, still limited. But yeah, still, in the but House, it's... and the fact of the matter is, it's still, after this year, they're going to be back in election mode again. And so they really have a short time to work together. And then after that, it's going to be back to a presidential election again. And so to have all three, you know, sides of the government under one party is does not happen very often, as we saw. It was a right. decade before it happened last time. So... They're not. They, don't, they shouldn't squander this time, and uh, and I also think they're realizing it's a lot harder when you do have one party rule because now everyone has their own little factions and to get things accomplished as well. So there's right. also that side too. Uh, our friend Storage Yard Resident is in the chat, and uh, he specifically points out I've taken microwaves for scrap metal, <laughs> but I've never found a camera inside of one. Uh, also, uh, Lady Goth has a suggestion: Trump wiretapped his own tower. I'd believe it. Well, you know, maybe he's worried if people are talking about him. But anyway. There you go. It's just uh, as likely he did that yeah, than exactly. it is that Obama. As our, as our time starts to wind down, as it often does, there's a couple of things I did want to talk about. Uh, look, we're talking a lot about President Trump. We're talking about the idea that people view he's not their president. But the fact of the matter is he is a president. And uh, oddly enough, we're about to talk about Snoop Dogg, who mm-hmm. has a video where he assassinates a clown who looks like President Trump. And... I have, you know, look, whether this is a president you like or you can, you know, recuse yourself from that and imagine it's about a president you did like. It's not really the sort of thing that you should be doing is is showing people assassinating the president. And while I'm a big fan of a lot of the work that Snoop Dogg does in the community, uh, I I just think it's such a stupid thing to do. And I don't, you know, I, I get it. People are angry, but there's a lot of ways to manifest your anger in a more constructive manner. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just, I don't know, I find it to be stupid, and this must be the first time that Snoop Dogg has ever used mm-hmm. bad judgment. Well, but, uh, Brooke, your <laughs> thoughts on that? I mean, it that. was a gun that, that said bang. We no, knew it was I a know. Gun. I will say this. Conservatives, if it had been the other way around and we were all up in arms, they would be like, oh, sensitive right. snowflakes. Right, right. That, we, are, we have the right to bear arms, and this is our, amend- our, mm-hmm. our Second Amendment right, blah, right. blah, blah, blah. Well, but now the, amendment right you're, you're, the speech. you're using the First the Amendment to and showcase the Second Amendment, amendment yes. which, you know, course, everybody should and, enjoy and the synergy. Yeah. But now, of course, since this is this way, they're yeah. like, that's just obscene, and you should never do that to the president. But, but I think, obviously, Snoop Dogg is... 
he's also trying to get ratings. He's all we're talking right. about it. Exactly. That was the whole yeah. point. And yep. you know, I don't know the last time that Snoop Dogg had a song out. I remember the last time I heard of Snoop Dogg, his name Snoop Lion. So I don't know when he went back <laughs> no, that's to right. Snoop Dogg. He had a but show he forgot about that. You know, he yeah, exactly. Stewart. And and I was just like, well, what happened to him? Where's the lion? Where's the lion? He's so. trying to get more street cred since Martha yeah. Stewart was the felon on the show. The well, last yeah. Well, let, let me tell you that definitely helped Martha Stewart. So I don't know. I mean, I I find that to be the sort of thing that it's like. Right, it's if the roles were reversed, let's say it was Obama and it was like Eminem sure. shooting Obama, I think that that there would be a lot more uh, polarization on both sides. Well, right. Eminem would, if that had happened, Eminem would not be a recording artist anymore. He wouldn't be able to tour because yeah, I, obviously, I, I do, I, I agree. you know, he was trying to, you know, in this hypothetical, this is not something that happened. It's a black president, a black but president. also it's it's also a you know very liberal president. Hollywood loves that president. The music mm-hmm. industry like that, but you know, yeah. so that that would obviously be, you know, so I think that a lot of industries like the one that surrounds us here in Hollywood is like, oh yeah, but it's Trump, and you know we don't like him, yeah. and we we right, like right. Snoop Dogg. So I, you know, not a fan of that. But also another right. thing that happened was we had the White House intruder, somebody who hopped the fence. And this happens a lot over the years. It does. I remember during President Clinton's administration, planes were flying into the White House, and I'm just not quite sure. You know, little little mini planes, right. like yeah. you know, like on the lawn. Not you now know. that won't even happen because they'll shoot you down. Yeah, no, now they'll shoot you down. Yeah, that was a that was <laughs> a much that yeah. was a much simpler time yes. when little prop planes could fly close it to the was, White House, uh, but. You know, and, and again, here's the other thing. The idea is, you know, look, your your president is inside the White House. And again, maybe you don't like this president. But the idea that somebody can get, I mean, Trump was in the White House at the time. And no, he didn't get that close to getting in the building. But he was on the property. And he apparently, by all accounts, ran pretty far. Yeah, I'm surprised so, he got that. Well, somebody, yeah. you know, during the Obama era, one of the, the Marines actually um, got into the East yeah. Room. And Obama was out of town that that particular time, but they actually got into the res- into the house. Yeah, so, and they got in and they changed his DVR settings. <laughs> he was very upset. Yeah. And put on Fox News. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it does happen. And no, you don't want the president to be at risk, but it's going to happen. It's going to continue to happen. You also can only do so much, and, and you have to give props to the Secret Service to be able to protect uh, a president, especially in these very volatile times, uh, very divided nation uh for sure i'm sure president obama had so many threats mm-hmm. on a regular basis and the fact that they can keep the president safe is pretty amazing because when you look back in history it is you know people used to walk in and visit the president like it was office hours when yeah. james garfield was uh, assassinated the I mean, block of cheese yeah, for anyone who walked right the west in. wing you would yeah. walk right into yeah. the white house and actually have office hours and meet from the street it was like your guidance counselor it's just wow. it's, 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 yeah. it's so you see how far it's changed and how far it's gone but it's pretty incredible that you know really since since ron reagan's time we haven't had a close call so well unfortunately we are out of time uh thank you so much to brooks Lees for joining Thanks us for at me. brooks yeah, Lees tv s-o-l-i-z tv but i looked at your uh twitter followers you don't need my help but no. we appreciate <laughs> we your help you yeah can... <laughs> exactly why don't you retweet some of us no but anyway we appreciate you having on we'll definitely have you back soon it's been great scott moore at sman 80 i'm christian blatt at christian dmz don't forget the trump report at trump report abtv follow us there comment and rate us on iTunes that helps the show next week uh, we'll have a special guest Robert Bobby McNeely who's running for a city council in Wheaton Illinois he was interested in coming on and I'm like sure we'll talk politics with somebody who's running for elected office and uh, thanks to everybody in the chat thanks to everybody who watched we'll see you next time have a good night from executive producers Maria Menounos Kevin Undergaro Phil Svitek and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff We would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. 
To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.